a Lifetime original podcast. I kind of oversold this. It was a cold read and it was a little hacky. I love a Lifetime movie. She is like caressing it. Like yeah. this book is, I'm going to, I'm going to make love to this book. You know what? F going to a barbershop or salon. I'm going straight to the groomers. Philly, your granddaughter. LA, this is your husband. After chicken cacciatore and dessert yeah. and espresso. A real Neither one of you has to poop? Every time that I've been in trouble, you've been there for me. That's love, Robert. Pointing a gun at me isn't love. Threatening my life isn't love. I've done so much to show you how much I love you, and you don't even care. I mean, she didn't love you. I had to deliver you from her. Aaron? Yes, Aaron, Robert. You're sick, Grace. I just like my husband. You know, he lost faith in me, too. Hello, and welcome to another episode of I Love a Lifetime Movie. I am Megan Gailey, joined once again. Oh my, we are getting in a groove. It's a three-peat. I love it. Yes. Um, from 911 and Ask Rana, Brian Safi. Megan, I truly feel like Naomi Who, you know? She has been sending me voice memos and she is through the roof. She's like, listen, I've been keeping tabs on the films you've been doing. She goes, I read something called Mile High Escorts. And then I read a title, a Kidnapped by a Classmate. And she goes, what? These are these are better titles than I get. And Brian gets yeah. them. And I'm like, mm. well, you know, I mean, sort of what you put into the world is what you get back. That's yeah. all I'm going to say. She's snoozing and she's losing. Losing. Um, now you have a great haircut, like a, a, a summer spring puppy. I did a puppy cut. Mm -hmm. I went in and I said, you know what? F going to a barbershop or salon. I'm going straight to the groomers. And I said, <laughs> keep, it high, keep it high and tight and give me that puppy cut. But I do feel like, um, well, someone made fun of me yesterday and was like, oh, uh, are you on? It's not even a good joke. They were like, are you on that show Navy Seals? And I was like, no. And they were like, oh, your hair is. Okay. Okay. First of all, I don't think it's nice because you are on a procedural and Thank in Hollywood, <laughs> yeah. there's nothing cooler than being on a procedural. So it's like, yes, I thought they were going to be like, did you get written off and enlist in the Marines? You know, you know like, what? it's like, they just were like, oh, do you make a bunch of money on a different thing? But that should be every actor's backup plan. If it doesn't go well, enlist. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought you were going to say get on a procedural. I'm like, well, I'm that too. trying. <laughs> you sound like my agent. It's like, listen, TJ, oh, I'm God. trying. Yeah. Oh, boy. Okay. So I got an email yesterday from <laughs> the gray lady, the New York Times. Honey. She said, fearless, dear, the fearless flyer. Yes. Dear Megan. And it was this quiz that was like, can you name this city based on the skyline? And the first thing I thought was the beginning of a Lifetime movie. Yeah. Which, by the way, you're really good at. And I know we're going to get to it later, but like you called out which city this episode had. I did not know for the longest time. <laughs> That's only because they had a sign that <laughs> they had like a highway sign that was like Philadelphia, 150 miles. And I can read Philadelphia. I guess in my head, I was like, well, I guess they're going to breeze past through. I, I don't know what I thought, yeah. but for some reason, I missed the sign. Yeah. I, I saw the sign. I clocked the sign. Um, If Love I it. had seen 
the Philadelphia skyline could I have? No. If I had seen the Liberty Bell, yes. Um, yes. I, I almost, I'm about to say the Freedom Trail, but I don't know if that is That's Boston. Boston. Okay, see? Like, Independence Hall, though, is yes. um, the Philly. Yes. I, I yeah. shot a pilot inside Independence Hall. No way. Yeah, it didn't get picked up. That's cool, though. I know. And it's like, That's what really cool. more do we have to do? <laughs> I mean... I have come to the birthplace uh, of the nation. Yeah. And they but said, that's amazing. That's really cool, actually. So I thought it would be fun for us to play this New York Times game and see how many we can come up with. Because I we've been it. to Berlin together. Um, that's right. We have. We know the mile high view. Yeah, we've gone international and I'm not afraid to do it again. Okay, beloved producer Julie, can you bring up our quiz, please? What? <laughs> this isn't a skyline? It gives us choices. Okay. Lisbon, Miami, Tangier, or Panama. Okay. For the listeners at home, they did not give us a skyline. That's they gave true. us a very specific building. A very and a, and only a shade of it. Oh my god. I'm gonna say oh, I don't know. I was gonna say Miami, but I don't think that I'm going to say Lisbon. I was going to say Lisbon too, just because. Okay, let's go Lisbon. Okay, Lisbon. Damn no, it, it was Miami. It was Miami. Uh, Gotta go with my gut. I know. And it's like, that's a real housewife city. Like, we should both know that. <laughs> totally. That's Alexia's wedding venue. You're absolutely right. <sighs> okay, okay, number, number two. two. Okay, now we're getting okay. sort of like a leaning. Um, it's very like kind of Klaus Oldenburg. Yes. Um, I'm trying to take cues from the background now. Like it, it it's a little yeah. overcast. Gray. Um, which doesn't. I'm going to say Warsaw. You're going to because say... of what you just said. Okay. Because I... of its overcast. Okay, I'm torn between Warsaw and Iceland. Yes, those were my top two. Also. Okay, so I'll say Iceland, and then at least we've hedged our bets. That's true. Yes! yes! Nice, Megan. Okay, it's a sculpture titled Rainbow by Wonderful. the Icelandic artist Riri. Okay, now we're getting a very geometric, all glass building. This looks like a location of a Lifetime film. It kind of looks like the Pacific Design Center. It does, yes. Okay, so Los Angeles was one of our options. Do you think it is the Pacific Design Center? Listen, I don't think it's Boise, Idaho, which is another no. option. <laughs> Um, I see flowers. I know Germany loves flowers. I know Copenhagen loves, loves. flowers. So now I'm going to say LA. I think it's the Pacific Design Center, but I could be wrong. Okay, I'm going to say LA too. Okay. Oh yes, yes. Okay. Like you said, Megan, we are only getting a portion of one of these buildings, so I'm not looking at the entire Pacific Design Center. No, I'm just saying I know my city a little, a little. I honestly think in the way that sometimes log lines for our films are misleading, that this quiz is misleading. I couldn't agree more. Can you guess the city by the smallest picture of <laughs> a obscure building? Yeah. What? Are you out of your mind? This is a Jeopardy category. This is hard. It is. You're right. Uh, okay, so we got two out of three. Um, right. there, there are 17. We're not doing those. We're quitting no. while we are ahead. <laughs> we did. I mean, two out of three is like a pretty good score, especially because yeah. the New York Times, all they wanted to do was stump us. We're unstumpable. And you know what they really wanted me to do was pay because they put it behind the paywall and I complained about it. And then you and Julie both said, we have it. And I said, okay. So it's, yeah. a, it's a win on all fronts here. 
Listen, we're in a headline world that you don't need to pay for anything. Thank you. Um, And I think this takes us into today's film quite nicely um, because you're just getting a snapshot of a small piece of something and have to just run wild with what you think's going on (laughs) in the perfect stalker. The perfect stalker exists only in the imagination of Grace Winston, a woman who kills her husband and then uses the imaginary character to get her neighbor to love and protect her. Okay, so the, quotes, the imaginary character is the perfect stalker. Is that what we're being led to believe? I think so. I have to say this log line is one of the muddier ones. Yeah, because I'm like, I swear I watched this movie. Um, (laughs) And you can too on Lifetime Movie Club. Go to lifetimemovieclub.com slash podcast to sign up for a free seven-day trial if you haven't already. So listen, we have the perfect stalker and we got to get into it. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So the perfect stalker. My first note was, what does this title mean? Are they so good they never get caught? Do they stalk in the way the victim likes it? I don't know, but I'm excited to find out. And I have to say that even though this title is maybe unclear and we don't know what the perfect stalker means, I do think the perfect stalker is the perfect title, regardless of not exactly being sure what it means. Because I love people who work hard, take the time to hone their craft, and Mm -hmm. strive for perfection. So this is a path to success already, I think. Serena Williams of stalking. Correct. Okay, so we open on a black Escalade. Now, I see a black SUV and I go, mob. <laughs> like, sure, sure. I don't know why. Yeah. Or I'm like, the president. Like, uh-huh. I just, but that's, it, it, this is not an official car. This just happens to be a car that a couple has. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I think Kim Zolciak. Oh my gosh. Okay. I mean, presidential. So sure. we, yeah. we open on this black Escalade and we have a lady who we will come to find out is Grace asking her husband, whose name is Harvey, where he found that hack. So where'd you find that hack? I did my research and Dr. Highland is very well respected. Grace, if you're not going to get any help for these mood swings or whatever this is, then uh, I just don't think I can go on with things. I need to do what's best for me so that I can keep my sanity. So you want to leave me, Harvey? So they went to a psychiatrist because of Grace's mood swings. And we figure this out because we cut to the psychiatrist's office and Harvey is telling a story about one of Grace's mood swings. You know how you can overreact sometimes, right? And when that happens, you can't control yourself. Two weeks ago, her friends were visiting from New York which we then luckily get to see in flashback. Yes. She's having, she's at like a, the flashback is she's having like a dinner party mm-hmm. with her and her husband and some other people. And she, Grace bought a piece of art. Her friend did some research about what, where the art came from and who painted it and was sort of like. So you just liked it and bought it on a whim without knowing anything about it or the artist. Mm-hmm. So I just thought you might want a little background. Grace, 
flies off the handle, gets pissed. You sit there thinking that you are better than us and smarter than Grace, us. Grace, stop. She's our guest. God, it is just like you not to be on my side. Look what you made me do. God, you have ruined everything. She spills wine. She blames that on everyone else and just leaves. What did you think of that move, Megan? I thought... I know Grace is the antagonist, but to yeah. me so far, she's the protagonist. I couldn't, have, I would have been offended too. She later uh, says about that woman, that snobby bitch. And I'm like, yeah, I would, in my own home, are you kidding me? To spill your wine, hitting it, mm-hmm. like st- she spilled it by standing up and hitting it, flinging it. And she then did. to be like, you all did this. It's like, yes. Brilliant. Brilliant. This is a 360 female character that we have been begging for. Um, so then we flash back to the psychiatrist. Yeah. And she's diagnosed with HPD. <laughs> oh, I wrote HPD. You did. By the way, I had to actually scroll back when I was watching it a few times to be like <laughs> HPD. And I was like, well, surely they're going to explain that any no. minute now. No. <laughs> no. She's just diagnosed with it and that Grace needs to get treatment for her HPD. Oh, do and we even? I'm, I have to look up what HPD. By the way, I finally did look it up. Oh, Okay. And but, but I thought it took me about three quarters of the way through to look it up because I was like, surely we'll find out. Right. So it means histrionic personality disorder. Okay. So someone who goes, her emotions run or his emotions run wild. And the, that accounts for the mood swings and the defensiveness and also obsessiveness okay, about yes. people. Yes. I'm I'm finding a definition here. Constantly seek reassurance or approval. Be gullible yeah. and easily influenced by others. Be excessively yeah. sensitive to criticism or disapproval. Right. We've seen that. Have we a low it. tolerance for frustration and be easily bored by routine. Often beginning projects without finishing them or skipping from one event to another. Seems yeah. pretty easy to fall into this. <laughs> but I was about to say, like, I can self-diagnose myself yeah. as that immediately on the spot. Yeah, I'm like, mm, this definitely um, feels like a seasonal effect disorder that I'm willing to claim. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe that's Couldn't why we're both more. like, Grace, an icon. Um, uh, for sure. Yeah, I do have a friend that works in art, is like extremely brilliant in art. And I, yes. and I did buy something <laughs> once. And I do this very annoying bit to her that whenever we go to like an Airbnb, I'll point to like the worst piece of, you know, it's just like Airbnb <laughs> shit. And I'll go, yeah. how much is that worth? Like clearly, because she's like $30. Like this woman does like high <laughs> net worth art. That's like, a good game. Has no right, it's clients. like Audrey Hepburn at Breakfast at Tiffany's. Yes. Like, yes, I know the art. She has yeah. no clients that aren't billionaires. And right. I'm like pointing out a live, laugh, love <laughs> sign. Like, all right, give me Hell it. Yes. Love and it. so I do antagonize her, but I bought my husband CJ a signed <laughs> game worn shoe of Charles Barkley. Well, that's honestly pretty pretty rad. Thank you. It was Even I appreciate Charles Barkley. I'm not a big sports fan. We all know Chuck. Yeah. From his subway commercials, his golfing, just from being Chuck. And so I bought it for him for our first anniversary. And when it came, I thought it was going to be a pair of shoes and it was only one shoe. But that's like my own. And she definitely was like, when I told her how much I paid, which wasn't a crazy amount, she made a face. <laughs> I <laughs> I didn't throw my wine at her, but I'm like, bitch, I can't send it back. I got the Barkley shoe and I yep. got duped, if anything. Yep. Just yep. let me be duped, Ted. And she yeah. was like, just run it by me next time. It's like, do you know that? I didn't know you knew Charles Barkley Game Worn <laughs> Shoe Network. Yeah, that seems different than fine art. Yes. But I guess she knows stuff. She knows that. 
Oh gosh, I get myself so winded from talking. I understand, um, like Grace. Okay, so she's got HPD. Which she's got HPD, so not much HPD. like HPV. It really does. It really, uh, I mean, honestly, that's what I heard first, and I was like, "Wait, she has mood swings because they're diagnosing her with HPV." Okay, I mean, I'll blame it. So, yeah. okay, so now we're back in we're back in the car, the Kim Zolciak car. Harvey and Grace are pulling into their garage. Their house is huge. Huge. They're so rich. It really clocked. I really was yeah. like, that's a big house. And mm-hmm. Grace is just screaming at him. I can't believe you. To think that we're at a place that you needed to take me to a shrink. What are you doing? We're still talking here, Harvey. So mean. But cruelty. So far, we've seen zero redeeming qualities from this woman. Nothing. And we're not even at the five-minute mark. So she's yelling at Harvey. And then Harvey's like, listen, I'm just going to, like, stay in the garage for a second. I'm going to fix the lights you're always complaining about. I Just give me a beat of not being yelled at. Now we're back in the psychiatrist's office. We've cut back. And it's just the doctor and Harvey talking. Are you sure about this HPD diagnosis? Well, look what happened today. Erratic behavior, unwillingness to accept criticism, low tolerance of frustration. And then look what happened at the party. Rash decisions, overly dramatic and emotional and need to be the center of attention. Yes, it's HPD. I will try and get her back in for another appointment. And if it's not with me, it needs to be with someone. Things are only gonna get worse. More symptoms, more extreme behavior. She could start to act out sexually becoming obsessed with a relationship that she believes to be intimate when it's not, using somatic illness or trauma to garner attention. In short, your wife needs help. Okay. So the psychiatrist has laid out the film for us, yes. basically. I like, also, this is the thrust of it. This is what she's diagnosed with. Our character is now, she's set up that we're about to see her really off the rails. Yeah. I, I also have to say here that Grace, this is where Grace starts wearing, she wears a version of red and black in every single scene. She's, I, it's a it's a color scheme for her that is, I think, supposed to like exude evil. And again, I love that she owns that, that she's like, look, my outsides are going to match my insides. Like, I'm showing you who I am and I love it. You know who else only wears black and red? Cruella. Bethany Frankel. Oh. <laughs> My God, you're absolutely right. It doesn't matter if she's a cartoon on a bottle or in real no, life. She only black wears and black red, and red and like decorates her home that way. I honestly yep. think it was very similar to the problem child color palette. <laughs> um, like it is, it is a way to be like bad, bad, bad. bad. You're right. The devil, you're right. You know, context clue. Yes. So now we're back in the present. Harvey is up on the ladder trying to fix the lights because the garage lights go high up. Grace comes in, starts fooling around with the breaker box, and knocks <laughs> Harvey off the ladder. Oh. Big tall ladder. And big tall ladder, and I believe he's dead, right? Yeah. yeah. Now you can keep your sanity. She's so stoked. She is and I have to like, say, <laughs> she's like cha-ching this word. <laughs> cha-ching. So then we see Grace driving, which I didn't know, to Philadelphia. Yeah. But she truly looks like Sandy post makeover in Greece. Like she's wearing tiny, tiny shorts. She's got a leather jacket. She's got on like high wedges. And um, it's the craziest outfit. It's the it craziest really outfit wild. to drive in. 
It is a crazy outfit to drive in, but she and she looks like she's going to like a drag race or something, like a car race. Now that I picture the outfit back in my mind, if they had not told me Philadelphia, I think I could have seen this outfit and gone Philadelphia. Like <laughs> it really has. Because I, sure. I, I saw it and I said, look out, Eagles fans. And I love then, it. And then we got two guys in the parking lot being like stunning. Mm-hmm. And she, they cat, she loved it. They cat call her and she loves it. And I have been on record of saying I am one of those terrible women that enjoys being cat called. You know <laughs> and what? I'm like, don't tell anybody. I sure. don't speak for anyone else. Does it I make understand. me feel good? Sadly. Yeah, people- Listen, it's fine. We're all complicated people. So then we see she's arrived in the big city. Mm -hmm. She's moving into a new house. And we see a redheaded person, a redheaded girl named Erin. She's jogging. And by the way, I instantly love Erin. I love her look. I love her voice. I love everything about her, I have to say. And she really is Grace in reverse. Like they look, there's a similarity, but she's like, the good version of Grace, basically. Yeah, Aaron's really warm. Yes. I loved Aaron's acting. Like, I know Me you're not too. supposed to love Aaron's acting, but I was like, Aaron's really good. <laughs> She's like more Tierney. She was yeah. so good. Yeah. So she meets Grace. Hi. Hi. Welcome. Thanks. I'm Aaron. Grace. Grace Fisher. I live just over there in that red brick house. Oh, cute. Um, I've heard this neighborhood is amazing. I did a bunch of research. Oh, yeah, this is the best neighborhood. Good. Where'd you move in from? Mount Vernon, Ohio. Yeah, I saw this place online. It's completely furnished. The owner doesn't have the best taste, so <laughs> thank God it's a fresh start. I'm looking forward to buying some new furniture. Fresh start, huh? Yeah, it's very exciting. Yeah, it was time for me. Experience different things, meet new people. Well, I can help with that. We're having a gathering at our place Saturday afternoon. You should stop by. Really? Yeah. There'll be like a ton of neighbors there and you can give them a proper hello. I would love that. That'd be my first big city party. Well, I'll see you there. At this point, I didn't realize it was Philadelphia because we are on like Wisteria Lane. Like We're it is the, the suburb. It's like Scarsdale, basically. We're in the suburb, a rich suburb of Philadelphia. So when she says the big city, I get confused. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Grace is then at the grocery store and all hail the stunt queen that she presents herself to be. What happened? So she pretends to bump into a silver fox and drop a bunch of stuff. Got it. She eyes this guy, Robert. Yeah. And we now know she's going to be acting out sexually. And so when I saw Robert, I was like, this is her sexual desire. Like, and he is handsome. And I think if Brian or I saw him in person, we'd be like, silver fox hunk, we're into it. For sure, for sure. It's a, it's a bit of a departure but... for lifetime leading men. I kind of agree because he's definitely like not someone you could picture like grabbing you and taking taking you in his arms. You know what I mean? He just isn't, he's more of a beta kind of vibe. No, and, exactly. I mean, and his character, we find out, is a professor. Like it's like- He's like a sensitive professor. He's yeah. an intellectual, he's an author. Okay, so Grace drops a bunch of stuff and yeah. then she is just immediately infatuated. Like it's honestly Peppy the Pew level. Thank you. Don't mention it. I'm Grace. Robert Harris. Nice to meet you. Get the groceries home safely. I will now, thanks to you. Okay. Like, it is like... (laughs) For sure. Like, she gets Robert up in those nostrils, and it's a wrap for her. So she goes over. She, like, is, like, looking at his car. She sees that he works at Horton (laughs) University. 
which I was like, this must be like Villanova, you know, like they couldn't like, what's a Philadelphia (laughs) temple. This is a Philadelphia, like, staple, but they couldn't use one. I was thinking maybe they were trying to reference like Wharton, which is a business school at UPenn. At Penn, true. Okay, and then they did a Horton. I also was like, are we doing Horton? Here's a who. (laughs) This is a Dr. Seuss school. (laughs) He's he's the resident anthropologist for Whoville. Yes. Okay, so later that night, we see Grace at home, and she's looking up Robert and immediately finds him, and she's drinking red wine, which we know in Lifetime means you're up to something, bitch. Something's going on. So then the next day, Grace goes to her brand new job where she works as a transcriber at a law firm. Yeah. And we meet her coworker, Tina. Grace? Yes, Tina. Hi. Pleasure to meet you. Nice to meet you. HR asked me to help you get set up. Great. We'll be working next to each other. And Tina's there to, like, show her the ropes. Tina is an optimist, I have to say. Yes. Like, Tina is eager to make friends with Grace. She's very cute. She's very sweet. She's a little bit, I don't know how to say She seems really innocent, I will say. There's a reason that Tina is the person who, like, shows every new hire around. She's the Patty Simcox of the office. Well said. She volunteered for this job. She certainly did. She was like, oh, yeah, I'm the welcome wagon here. So uh, she asks Grace to lunch. And since it's your first day, I hope you let me take you to lunch. That sounds lovely. So they go to lunch, and then Tina asks what Grace is up to that weekend. And Grace doesn't really want to hang out. And no. so Tina seems bummed. <laughs> she doesn't. Tina's heard this all, all the time, though. She's she's perseverant, though. But Tina seems bummed that Grace doesn't want to hang out. I met one of my neighbors. She's awesome. Um, and she invited me to this block party. And I have a mountain of unpacked boxes. Yeah. And if that's not enough for my first weekend, I am keeping my fingers crossed that I'll get to meet up with an old friend for coffee. A man? Yes. Uh, We reconnected when I found out he lived here. He's a professor at Horton. And an author. Have you heard of Robert Harris? No. Oh, that's okay. Um, Not everybody has. His books tend to be more academic. Is he single? (laughs) I don't know. Um, It's been years. I'm hoping to find out. Oh, she weaves a story. Like she when knows I, how to tell a story. Yeah, I was like, Grace has taken improv levels one through three. Like there, it, absolutely. And there is a, I forget the quote, but it, the great lady talks about this a lot. That the bigger the lie, the more people believe it because they, once you say it, you know, it's sort mm-hmm. of like, well, that can't be true. And you're like, no, but it is. And then they're like, oh, it is. Yeah. Oh, crazy. You know, she has so Grace many Grace subscribes to that. Yeah. Exactly. She subscribes to that. So later that night, Grace is at home. She has one of his books, not on tablet form, real paper in her Hard hands. Copy. And she is like caressing it. Like yeah. this book is, I'm going to, I'm going to make love to this book basically. Definitely. Definitely. Okay, so now we have reached block party day. Grace is in broad daylight, dressed like she is going to a bachelorette party. She's wearing evening wear. Yes. It's like if you're going to a bachelorette party and they're like, hey, we're all going to dress in something slutty and red on Saturday night. That is Uh what she is wearing to go to a neighborhood block party. And I say, good for you. And she's also dressed in red and she brings a bottle of red. Wow. 
So she heads to the block party and then she spots Robert's car in Aaron's driveway. So it's like, Grace, first of all, you're not a great stalker. You didn't even know the man you were stalking lives in your neighborhood. <laughs> That's <laughs> true, actually. I didn't think about that, but he you're right. He lives across the street. Yeah. Um, so she, Aaron opens the door and she's like, oh my God, you look uh, you look great. And she's not <laughs> like, Aaron doesn't miss a beat. And it's like, Grace looks insane. She and looks And Aaron's wild. like, you look awesome. Like, it is such a supportive friend immediately. Yeah. So Aaron introduces Grace to her boyfriend, Robert. I want to introduce you to my boyfriend, Robert. Robert. This is Grace. She's our new neighbor. Oh, hi. Not good news. Not good news. Yes. And when they see each other, Robert has no recollection of Grace. And it's obviously, made zero impression. Yes. Of him. <laughs> and obviously, Grace has woven an entire history for them. Yep. Um, so then Aaron gets called away, probably, you know, hummus emergency or something. And then <laughs> Robert's like, mm. The market. <sighs> the market. I met you and your groceries outside the market. I was hoping you didn't remember that. That was quite embarrassing. Oh, nonsense. It like comes to him. Yep. And she's thrilled, you know, and thrilled. so and and they are really so impressed by this bottle of Bordeaux, too. So they he, really are. He goes to get her a different bottle of red. Like he, he's like, honey, put this someplace else. And yeah, I'll we get have you, to save this for a special night. Yeah, yeah. I'll get you a Trader Joe's glass. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And while he's away, Grace is just staring at a picture of him that is out in the open at this block party. Yeah, very strange. And then we meet Wayne, <sighs> who Grace gets introduced. To. He's an older guy. He's like neighborhood watch something. Yeah. He does something with insurance He's or something. He's a retired insurance um, salesman or adjuster. Something. Right. And uh, he tells Grace. We live in a reasonably quiet neighborhood. And uh, I don't mean to alarm you here, but um, just the other day, I found this guy stalking around a vacant lot over on uh, Quail Road. Looks like he was trying to squat. So... You be careful. Be aware of your surroundings, always. He's worried for her because she's single in the big city. But again, this is the suburb of the big city. Yeah. When we meet Wayne, you and I as savvy Lifetime viewers, we know immediately he's going to come into play. Definitely. And I have a feeling that he is going to find something out. Yeah. And it won't be good for him in the end. And I really like him. I think he's probably like a widower. Yeah. um, And like a nice older gent. Um, Naomi and I have had gentlemen like this in other movies. And I've been like, they're creepy. Like, Wayne has no creepy vibes. He is only there to help and to be of service to the neighborhood. And yeah. I hope he ends up. I mean, being we okay. could all be so lucky to have a Wayne in our in our on our uh, streets. Thousand percent. Yeah. Okay, so later on, still at the party, Grace um, purposely spills her wine on her and Robert. <gasps> oh my gosh! Oh. Her signature move. She yes. Yeah, so now, <laughs> um, and so then they go into the laundry room, and she's like, "I am such a big fan of yours." Like he is Stephen King. <laughs> Um, And then he's like, oh, okay, that's awesome. I don't really know how to, like, clean you up. So he goes to get Aaron. So she's like, ah, dang it, plan foiled. So then Grace goes home and acts like she had an incredible first date. Yeah. That it was, like, a night of a thousand stars for her. And then she just says to herself, which is is also a thing she continues to do. It was a real pleasure to meet you as well, Robert. It was a real pleasure meeting you too, Robert. 
when she left his house, he might have said that, but she took it really to heart. Yeah. So we're back at Monday. Tina is doing her best, as always. She's trying to figure out from Grace how her weekend was. She definitely doesn't expect Grace to ask about Tina's weekend, but no. Tina's like, I don't have much to say, so it's okay anyway. But she's all about Grace's social life. So then Grace insinuates that this guy she told Tina about, that they hooked up, and says- He's just getting out of a heavy relationship. and doesn't want to rush into anything. So then Grace starts doing her work. She's trying transcribing some sort of legal document and then sees the phrase stalked over six months, which makes her think back to what Wayne said at the party about a guy stalking. And honey, the light bulb, that LED light burns bright in her head and she gets an idea. Some would say the perfect idea. Wow. So now we're really seeing the beginning threads of what this title meant. Correct. Okay, so later that night, she's looking up celebrity stalkers and, important detail, cracking her knuckles. Very important. And I will also say that these celebrity stalkers are all people who have been caught. Yes. So I don't necessarily know that that was the best place for her to go, but it gives her ideas. It gives her a roadmap. And and as we see play out, she is... A stalker, in in a sense, but she is also going to create a stalker. So I think right. she's like Frankensteining it, you know? Like, let me You're see what these right. celebrity okay. stalkers did so I can build my perfect stalker. Actually, you're right. Wow, okay, cool. I Can we- No, I mean, um, you were dead on about that. It, that, t- that was sort of a brain twist for me, but you're absolutely correct. I didn't think about can that. Can we clip that? And then I'm gonna send it to my husband. Um, so <laughs> the next day she sees Aaron leave for the airport. So it's like, oh God, now she's gonna do something. And then later that night, as predicted, she waits until Robert pulls into the driveway and then she runs out of her front door screaming, What's wrong? There's someone in the house. What? There's someone in the house. I don't know. He ran out the back. So Robert brings her into his house so they can call the cops. Yeah. The cops get in there. And I have to say, the lady cop looks exhausted by this entire situation. Mm -hmm. You could feel an itch on the back of her neck. You know what I mean? But Grace says she feels like someone's been watching her all this time. She says he's white, tall, slim build. The cops are like, well, there's nothing really we can do. Just get an alarm, get a dog, just stay safe. Totally. Nothing we can do. Nothing we can do. So Robert says he'll make sure that she gets home safe. And on the way home, they decide to get a drink. Not so at their homes, though. They yeah, they go I, to a bar. Yeah, I was like, isn't that just going to give this quote unquote stalker more time to get into your house? True. Um, so they're at the neighborhood pub, and they chat. We find out that Aaron is a biomedical rep who travels a lot, and they keep calling the Philadelphia suburb they live in the big city over and over. Yeah, and she's moved from Ohio, like. I think she said like Mount Vernon, Ohio. So Grace tells Robert, you know, I just needed a change after my husband passed away. Oh God, Grace, I I had no idea. Yeah, we were high school sweethearts. I can understand why you'd want some change. I do you mind if I ask how how you passed? Brain tumor. I feel like I have heard of at least two people in my life faking brain tumors in your real life um so like one was a friend of mine he was dating a girl and she said she had a brain tumor when he tried to break up with her holy so like i don't know hell but like she did so like 
I just sure. like when I heard brain tumor, I was like, I have heard that used fakely before. Yeah, it's it's the go-to when you need to go for broke. Yes, and so unfortunately, what that instance in my life and then this film is doing is like now when I hear brain tumor, it's like, well, I'm gonna have to check the receipts. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. have to Megan King Edmonds this. Absolutely, absolutely. So then Robert walks Grace to her door after that drink and asks him, can you check out the house to make sure everything is okay and that this guy is gone and that my property is safe in case there's a big bad guy in here? And Robert goes in and says, I mean, everything looks fine. Thank you. Yeah, don't mention it. Thank God no one was in there because I don't think Robert would have been able to handle it, to be honest with you. Totally very sensitive. Totally unarmed. (laughs) No baseball bat. This is an author. This is an author. So Grace is like over the moon about the gallantry of Robert and how much he seems to care about her, even though the audience knows that that's not true. And do you want to talk about this fantasy, this gorgeous fantasy she she envisions? Yeah, she has like a romance novel-esque fantasy where this night she runs out and is like, Robert, and then they kiss. She brings him inside and they make passionate love. Love it. And this is what the psychiatrist, she warned about this. She did. It's all it's all coming out in the woodwork, for sure. So then the next day, Grace sees Aaron is back from her biomedical trip. And she says to herself, you're, you're mine, Robert. While looking out the window, and I want to say this movie was made way before The Woman in the Window. Uh-huh. So as far as I'm concerned, Grace started the staring out the window genre. Yeah. And even just you reminding me her name is Grace is yeah. such a funny detail. Because It really is. There You're is right. no character that has less Grace than Grace. For sure. So then Robert and Aaron chat, and Aaron is up for a big job in Baltimore, another big city. Big time. Big time. What are they going to do about their relationship? But Robert says, look, you've got to take the job. Yeah. So th- then they're at dinner at Wayne's, and Grace is there cooking. She's cooking chicken cacciatore. I love Very these. <laughs> weird. Wayne and Grace are acting like they're like an old married couple it or something. It was weird. It was weird. They were so familiar with each other, and it was like, no, I got that. I got that. And they were like super close friends now. It, it But giving off couple vibes, yeah. even though- I don't think that what was what was happening. No. And it and, was very strange. And I guess Grace's long game for this is that at some point she's like, I gotta do dinner prep. And Wayne tells her where his spare key is. Yes. And so like we feel like that detail is gonna play in handy, but it's like there's no way Grace would have known that. No. So yeah, it's real even when they get there and he's like, Grace is here and she made dinner. There is kind of like a pause from Aaron. She's like, Awesome. Um, And so Grace is up like futzing and getting like an elaborate dessert together. Yeah, she really is. After she's made this chicken cacciatore. And also she said it was her first time making it. And it's like, maybe do a staple, Grace. Um, Sure. So she's in the kitchen and she overhears them talking in the dining room about this Baltimore job news. Not good. Not good. And so then Grace comes back in the dining room and she assumes that Robert will stay in Philly because in her mind, he's in love with her. And so then when they're like, no, I think he'll go. She's like, oh, oh, okay. And then she goes into the kitchen and is like, he'll stay, she'll leave. He'll stay. <laughs> like having to like slap herself across the face. 
Oh, beautiful. So then they walk Grace home. Grace has to be like calm in the storm of the absolute awful news she's just heard. But she doesn't go in. And instead, they they think she went in, but instead she follows them home to spy on them and they're hooking up in the living room, which this couple's got it going on. I I know. I I think that's lovely. I, I saw this, I go, they're not married. And they're having sex on the couch in their living room. This is how After you keep dinner. it fresh. After chicken cacciatore and dessert yeah. and espresso. A Neither one of you has to poop. I know. Honestly, that's honestly all I was thinking about. So the next day, Grace shows up to work late. Morning, girl. Uh, Grace, you're late. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't have time to go home after my date. It's going that well. Yeah, except he might be leaving town. Oh, no. That's no good when you guys are finally reconnecting. Yeah, well, desperate times call for desperate measures. And Grace, again, asks her not one question, but Tina doesn't care. And then she turns down lunch with Tina yet again. And I guarantee you, if Tina could only talk to someone about her horses or her scrunchies, like, that's what Tina wants to talk about. You know what I mean? It's like kind of girl talk, but Grace is not interested. And, like, why is Grace so late? It's like, yeah, you know what? What are you doing? <laughs> I think just in the afterglow. Yeah. I don't and, know. And maybe we're seeing one of her symptoms of like not caring and like jumping from project to project sure. because like she's brand new to this job and she does not seem to care at all. Yeah. So then the next day, Grace is stalking Robert at Horton. Here's a who school. Mm-hmm. And she's watching him teach. And then later that night, <laughs> she's collecting rocks. And the thing is, I was like, this can't be right. And then based on the next scene, we were. Um, so she's now back at the neighborhood pub. She's like flirting with guys inside. It, it's like, Grace, you have prospects. There are guys that like oh, every you. guy so far has yes. liked her. So why yeah. are you so fixated Except Robert. on yeah. this man who's booed up and is the same level of, of attractiveness as everyone we've seen? Sure. But, and maybe it's like a can't have thing. Um, yeah. Okay, so she's at the neighborhood pub. She's flirting and she's like, I got to go. So she goes around. She's in sort of like the alleyway back area of the pub. She starts rubbing dirt on her exposed <laughs> so degletage, dirt sure. on her her neck and upper breast area. She tears yeah. her clothes and then she starts gashing herself with this rock she collected. Across the chest? Yes. Gives her, her head. head. Gives herself a head She's wound. She's banging a rock against her head. And then she starts going, help, help! 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 And the guys from inside run out to rescue her. Wow. So then uh, it was it was some real it, gone it, girl kind yeah, of moves. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So a detective then calls Robert and says that Grace asked her to call him from the hospital. The detective says that she was assaulted. He rushes, uh, and Robert rushes to the hospital where obviously Grace is. So Aaron calls and then uh, Robert fills her in and Aaron says, well, she could stay in our guest room. Like, I'm worried about her. So nice. So nice. So unassuming. For a split second when the detective called, I was like, wait, is Grace going to say that like Robert is her stalker? I, I know. I couldn't know where she was. I didn't know where she was going with this. Yeah. So Robert finds Grace and then listen to this performance that Grace gives in a hospital bed. It happened so fast. I mean, there was, he just grabbed me from behind and his mouth was whispering in my ear. And he was upset because I was talking with another man. And then he just, he wouldn't let me go. And he, he said he was going to do things to me. 
And then I somehow broke free. Oh my God, you got away. Uh, did you tell the police all that? Yeah, they just left. And what'd they say? That they would do their best to find him. Aaron suggested you stay with us tonight. So why don't we get you out of here? Okay. Wow. When he's like, oh, you can stay with us, like, Grace cannot hide. Like, she has zero poker face for a psycho. She jumps out of the bed, basically. So then they're driving home from the hospital. Grace says she doesn't want them to leave and reacts kind of odd when Robert's like, well, you have Wayne. And she's like, yeah, Wayne. And it's like, you just cooked a three-course meal at this man's house. So to act like he's chopped liver is weird. To the naked eye, we would think you were had been married for 15 <laughs> yes, years. exactly. So. That and or his granddaughter. Like, it's something... Right. Like, it's that sort of familiarity. Philly, your granddaughter. L.A., this is your husband. Absolutely. I've lived here too long. So Robert gets Grace settled in. She hugs him, you know, a little bit too long yeah. because, you know, she likes the comfort. And then once alone, she starts smelling his clothes. Because remember, she's in the guest room mm -hmm. and she's talking to herself again. And she says, you're not going anywhere, Robert. I Meaning love he's when, not going to move. I love when she talks to herself. Me too. It's so good. The next morning, Aaron's like, how you doing? She's so sweet. And Grace serves them French toast. That Robert which, made. Wait. Oh, yeah. My God. You're right. That. That is very odd. But she's like, let me get it for you. It was right. so, it was weird. They're painting a picture for us, at least, that we're like, this girl's weird. You know, and Aaron and Robert are like too nice. Definitely. Mm -hmm. So then Aaron tells Robert that she aced her interview for the promotion in Baltimore. And she thinks she's going to get hired, but she's probably going to be gone a lot. Mm -hmm. And Grace listens in and she's like, this is amazing. I'll get, get that hoe out of my way. Yeah. So then Grace goes home. She starts furiously typing out, out with the flu to her work. I had no idea what she meant at first. I was so, <laughs> I don't, I thought she was like doing like out with the flu, in with the new. I thought maybe she was referring yes. to Aaron as the flu. I, That's going to be my new tattoo. I love it. <laughs> but it, it did make sense. And you're, and yes, she is saying to herself, so, so much to do. do. So much to do. She certainly is. Like an elf, you know, like She's, I've, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got my marching orders. So we see Aaron pull out of the driveway and Grace is now following her in her car. So Grace just follows her to work and then she leaves. And I was like, well, what was that for? And boy, do we find out because Aaron is going to her car. It's late at night and a wigged Grace. Wig. Black wig. Bob, wigged Bob. Grace, <laughs> attacks I loved her it. and says, you, you can't have him. And then, and Aaron's like, Grace? <laughs> yeah, recognizes her immediately, even with the yeah. wig. And then she kills her. Kills her. With Megan, and we talked about this, I think, last week, with a tire iron. Yeah, classic. Which I don't have... I don't think I do either. Is it for you fixing a flat tire? I'm still just as confused as I was before. I don't I don't think know what so. it is. I don't either. It kind of looks like a crowbar. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It looks like what they have in Home Alone. For sure. So now Aaron's dead and I'm sad. Me too. I loved Aaron. I really did. I did too. And it's like, I know Robert's going to be so sad. She was a wonderful person. Ugh. Chill vibes. Looked great without trying. You know what I mean? Yeah. So then Grace grabs Aaron's wallet or phone or something and then gets into her car and drives off. So then Grace is like chilling at home. She's like not affected by what happened earlier. She no. watches the police go to Robert's, obviously from the window. 
And they put him in a patrol car, and she says, I'm sorry, Robert. It's for the best. So at least she has some contrition about the fact that she killed his girlfriend. But in the long run, she knows it's the right thing to do. (laughs) Now, at this point, I think she's going to frame Robert for the murder. Like Me too! (laughs) I keep, because, like, I see him go into a a patrol car and her watch, and I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I just keep thinking, like, she's going to, like, mess with his life in a different way. She is messing with it, but I think she's going to, like, make him the criminal. But, and make him totally, even if it's from him being in jail, make him totally dependent on her yeah. in some way. Yeah. Um, okay, so the next day, Grace texts Robert, classic, hey, you want to get dinner tonight? Yeah, <laughs> like, yep. You know, I don't know anything that's going Nothing. on. Nothing. And then later, Grace is dress shopping, and she says it's for her engagement party. I think it's an insane outfit to get for your engagement party. <laughs> Ends up being like a black pencil skirt <laughs> with like a navy top. Like it's like this is not. It it looks like what you'd wear on laundry day to work. Yeah. And we now know her quote unquote engagement party is Aaron's memorial service. By the way, that is so. That is such a baller move. Ugh. I actually loved that. That she said it's my engagement party, and then we cut to Aaron's memorial. Haunting. But I'm glad that her outfit looks like shit. Like, I thought she was going to be in another block party dress, you know? Yeah. But now she's gone, like, business casual. And she's like, I'm killing it. And it's like, you're really not. No. So she's, like, flitting around the memorial service like she's throwing it, kind of, even though it's at Robert and Aaron's house. She encourages mm-hmm. Robert to eat. She's and doting then, on him. Yes. And then she overhears. Look, man, we're going. Yeah, it'll be good for you. Just so much to do. It's only a couple days. What's this? Where are you going? Tomorrow I'm taking Robert to my family's cabin for a few days. Oh. And then Wayne, good old Wayne, asks about the investigation. Any news on the investigation? No. No, they haven't told me anything. Calm down, Grace. Days. He'll be back. Just <sighs> keep it together. He needs to wash away. So Grace is pep talking herself in the bathroom, and then we see that she's cleaned the entire house after the memorial service, which is so much, so intense. so much. I bet. By the way, I bet she's the kind of person who cleans something lickety split. I bet she makes it shine in like ten minutes, and, like she's and- on drugs or something, you and know? And that would be the type of thing that I would go, that's a red flag. Like, if someone my house top to bottom, I go, oh, they, yeah, no, they want to wear my skin. Absolutely. And even beyond that, I don't want to owe anyone anything. You know no. what I mean? I don't, I don't accept favors for free. Who are these exactly. other people? Exactly. She's known this couple for two weeks. And so, so family is just like, I, yeah, the cleaning, I, when I saw her alone, I was like, listen, I'm mad at her. I'm mad for her. <laughs> I have so many emotions about this. Me too. And then she asks his friends, Robert's friends, because she doesn't see him, where yeah. where he is at the memorial. And friends say... He went to close his eyes for a bit. He went to sleep? Maybe at this point, yeah. I mean, it's it's been a long day. For everybody. I know. I just... um. I wanted to say goodnight. Yeah, I'll let him know. And this is the first time we see people, it's Robert's friends, clock yes. what's up with 
this woman grace yeah they're like she seemed like you can tell in their faces they're like this bitch seems nuts and it's like yes finally someone's reaction is mirroring our reaction to this woman true okay so the next day robert calls hey i uh didn't get a chance to tell you this in person but i just want to say thank you this week has been the hardest week of my life and and uh i i couldn't have gotten through it without you so thank you you're welcome if you need anything else, just let me know. You've done enough already. Oh, I just thought um, you're going to be away during trash day. I could take your bins to the curb. Uh, look, you don't have to, but if you do, there's a key uh, in the back under one of those fake rocks. I'll take care of it. So neighborhood spare key count now up to two. Mm-hmm. And then Tina shows up. God bless Tina. Shows up at Grace's with groceries. Grace does not answer. And you absolutely know there was like a manicure kid in there because Tina thought maybe there was a shot. She would be let into the house. But no, uh, Grace just doesn't answer the door. Poor Tina. So then Wayne, as she's coming away from the front door, asks Tina, Excuse me, what are you leaving there? Oh, just some food. Who sent you? No one. I, I did it on my own. I work with Grace. She's been missing work on and off for the last week or two. It's the flu, I think, and I know how tough that can be, especially when you're new to the city. But she's not answering, so I guess she started to feel better and she got out. Sorry to prod. Just, we've had some trouble in the neighborhood as of late. Then we see Grace writing a resignation email to work. So I am embarrassed because Tina talking to Wayne was the first time I knew that Grace had called in sick to work. I still, post-memorial service, thought Grace had called Aaron the flu. <laughs> Out with I What a diss. You're a flu yeah. in this world. That actually is great. Yeah, so Grace resigns from work in an email. And then we see Wayne that night. He's out for his evening walk and he spots Grace going into Roberts to get the trash, which like we know actually isn't nefarious on the surface because she did get permission and he does want her to do that. And I would love if someone took out my trash. (laughs) Um, And then Grace goes into Robert's house with a bag of food that she puts in the fridge. So at this point, like, Wayne is suspicious of Grace just doing nice things. I was going to say, at this point, like, Grace is, listen, I would love for her to drop by my house for one night only. Yeah. But then we see she starts taking photos on her phone of framed photos of Roberts and putting her hand in front of Aaron's face and taking photos. And we see that Wayne sees this through the window. The windows don't lie and they're terribly reliable for spying. So then she takes out the trash. She sees Wayne and she kind of has like a look to her face of like, hmm, maybe my chicken catchatory friend is going to be an issue. So Wayne's on the phone with someone named Bruce and says, good luck with those tests. I don't remember that, but is that what is that what he said? Listen, that was a scene. I'm like, who is Bruce? Like, I yeah, thought right. it was a detective. Who is Bruce? Because, you know, when they, we did mention this, when at some point when they're interacting with the cops, Robert brings up Wayne and the cops are like, oh, we know Wayne. <laughs> like, yep. And so I'm like, oh, maybe this is Bruce the detective. Maybe. So Grace is, we then see her, placing an ad in, I don't know, online or something. Yeah, I was very confused. 
yeah, we don't know what the ad is, but then Grace watches Robert get back from the cabin and then checks to make sure her voicemail has some creepy message on it that says, yeah. will you please pick up? Will you please pick up? Some yeah. man's <laughs> voice that we don't know. So Robert goes inside and he sees the food that Grace has left him. He goes inside his own place and he really doesn't seem happy about this, right? which I he seems concerned. It was yeah. very, it was a strange reaction. I thought this was like going to be like, this is the beginning of him being like, I think this bitch is crazy. But that is not what happens. Let's take a quick break and we will be right back with what he actually does. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Okay, so Robert rings Grace's doorbell. I thought he was going to give her all the food back. <laughs> Instead, right. he brings her a bottle of wine from the cabin country he was in. Unreal. So then she invites him in and shows him that she has 29 voicemails. Listen to this. Will you please pick up? I just want to hear your voice. That night at the pub was nothing if you continue to ignore me. All of these. They get worse? Yeah. How long does this have to go on, huh? I'm not accepting this. We're not accepting this. What are they going to have us do? Just wait around while this guy terrorizes you and the cops do nothing? Robert, calm down. Okay. Robert is so pissed. I love when he screams, we're not accepting this. Yes. But I think it's now clicking in what this ad was for. Yes. Okay. And at this point, I was like, oh, I didn't know she was going to keep going with this stalker bit post Aaron's death. Like, <laughs> she's... Right, she didn't need to. She's got a lot of balls in the air. She does. So Robert does a reverse phone number lookup to try and track this. And it tracks to a place called Sunny Grove Market. And Robert's like, I know where that is. He and Grace get in the car. They go to the market. They sit outside. And Grace asks how his weekend was in the cabin. He's like, eh, it was kind of boring. The silence was sort of deafening. She says he could take time off, but then he says he has a book signing he has to go to. And then he goes inside to confront the person who might have been stalking over the phone. So Robert stares at the cashier and then asks if he was working last night. And I'm going to be honest right here, Megan, I had a huge crush on the cashier, Amir. He was so chill, Mm -hmm. so confident, Mm -hmm. so laid back. I thought very sexy. 
I really liked his energy and I thought his acting was top notch too. Me too. He was excellent. Yeah. So Robert is being very aggro, interrogating him. And Amir is like, what the hell is going on? Um, And so then Robert lets slip, like my friend has been being stalked. She got attacked. And Amir's like, "Whoa, she was attacked. That's right. Yo, I didn't know about any of that, man. I I thought I was just. You thought what? Yeah, I was trying to make some quick extra cash. How? How? Yo, somebody paid me to leave those messages, gave me a number to call and what to say. Who? Who paid you? I I don't know, man. Hooked it up on a non-list, you know? No name. And you didn't think what you were doing was wrong? People are weird. They get off on strange stuff. It was 50 bucks for 30 messages, man. That was it. I think he was lowballed. A hundred percent. That's, you deserve more, even non-union. Yeah. So he's like, I was was just doing like a little print call side job here. Yeah. So then Robert tells Grace exactly what happened. And he was like, someone got paid to send, he got paid to send you those voicemails. Like who paid him? And they go to the police, Robert's idea. So then Robert and Grace uh, hug outside his house. She kisses him on the cheek. She asks to go to his book signing. I was wondering if I could go to your book signing tomorrow. Oh, uh, it'll be pretty boring. Well, I've never been to a book signing before. So I think it would be pretty exciting if the first one I went to, I knew the author. And then he walks her home. Cut to Wayne. Yes. Okay, so now Wayne is at a retirement community, one of my favorite places on earth. Me too. And he's talking to the guy who rented the house to Grace. Now, I'm guessing this is Bruce. <laughs> I think you're right. Yeah. I think that's the one thing that is that they, they didn't ask us to solve, but we did. Yes. And Bruce probably was having some, like, health tests. Those were, <laughs> those were what the good luck on the tests were. Um, oh, yeah. So Bruce gives Wayne... Grace's rental agreement and Wayne is like, jackpot. Mm-hmm. So then Grace goes shopping again to impress her man, as she says to, I think she's Dutch, the sales lady. And what are you looking for today? I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. She's got something fun going on. Yeah, exactly. That'll be I our appreciate. next New York time quiz. Guess the um, white person accent. Exactly. I think she's Dutch. Anyway, so then Wayne is interviewing Tina and she tells him, she quit. Then this. What'd she like around the office? A little flashy. A little too eager to show off what she had, you know? I can see that. I wish I could tell you more, but every time we talked, it was just chit-chat. But if you talk to her boyfriend yet, he might be able to tell you something. Boyfriend? No, I didn't know she had one. Who is he? Some professor writer over at Horton. You need to tell me everything she said about this boyfriend. Oh, my. Okay. <laughs> for, him, for him to go, I could see that. The shade of it all. The shade of it all. <laughs> Honestly, love- it's so brilliant. Tina and Wayne, I go, match made in heaven. Let's go solve crimes with them. Yep. Because, like, Tina's kind of a woman scorned. And Definitely. She's ready to spill all the secrets. Yes. And so she, Tina tells Wayne to talk to her boyfriend, who is a professor slash writer at Horton. And Wayne is like, come again. And then he's like, you need to tell me everything you told me. <laughs> yep. So Grace shows up at the book signing, yes. which is happening for mm-hmm. uh, for Robert. And I got to say, he didn't really say anything to anyone at this book signing. Like, usually you're supposed to be like, do you want a picture? Or like, oh, who should I make it out or to? Or you do say- like a reading before. Yeah. This was literally, he went there to sign some books. But he, there was a crowd. 
There was a crowd. Not a crowd. Very there was a line. Author. There was a line. There was a line. So Grace shows up at the book signing. Her phone rings. It's Tina. Of course, she ignores that. She'd ignore yeah. it no matter what. She's like, what and does this bitch think she's exactly. doing? <laughs> and then she, uh, Tina needs some chill is what Grace is thinking. So then Grace is being super duped for helpful at the book signing. She's uh, like, let me hold your stuff. Da, 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 da. She's holding his briefcase. She's watching him sign books. She's listening to Tina's voicemail. And then... Tina lets it all loose on the voicemail. She finally finds her inner strength and voice. I wish you didn't feel it necessary to lie to me, Grace. I tried to be your friend. I wanted to make you feel welcome, and I could have been there for you as you dealt with that stalker your neighbor Wayne was telling me about. But no, you lied to me about everything, including that boyfriend. Have a nice life, Grace. Yeah, justice for Tina. So Justice then- for Tina. Yes. We see Wayne at home and he calls Robert's phone, but Robert's phone is in the bag that Grace is holding for him. Um, so she sees that Wayne calls, but then Wayne texts 911, call me ASAP. Grace is a nut job. That is not that is not word for word, but that is basically what it says. The, the idea. Yes. Yeah, so Grace sees this because she's got the phone and then deletes it. Our number one lifetime trope. Um, And so then she goes up to Robert and she's like, hey, sorry, suddenly out of nowhere, I'm not feeling good. And then leaves. Mm -hmm. I always think stomach issues when someone says something like that out of the blue. Diarrhea. Yeah. So then Grace picks out a black dress, red and black. It's always a theme, but this is like a little black dress. She then gets in her shower and Megan, you, you had a great point, which is like, is it important that she was in the shower? I don't think it is. No. And then she puts on an all black outfit, heads over to Wayne's. So Grace gets Wayne's key, which she knows, she where knows it is, from before. From Catchatory Night. Correct. <laughs> Catchatory Night. And she lets herself in. Wayne is chilling. He's got a great glass of whiskey. By the way, he lives in a mansion. Giant house for an uh, older gentleman to be taking One care of. One man. And you know, you know, Bruce has been like, Wayne, you got to get out of that big house and come You got to downsize, here. buddy. Definitely. So then Wayne hears a noise and he goes to investigate and he grabs his gun. Of course, Uh, Wayne has a gun. I've never been less surprised. I was shocked. I'm like, this insurance adjuster. Okay, so while this is happening, we cut. We see Robert is now home from his book signing. Not very long, if you know what I mean. (laughs) And he gets changed and he goes for a jog and he sees that Wayne called and nothing else. And I'm like, at that moment, I'm like, Grace, you should have deleted that too. Yep. So then Grace and Wayne are having a struggle because he sees her, he finds her. He gashes her. She's familiar with the gash mm-hmm. because of the rocks. And then she pushes him down the stairs for Wayne. No. She takes his phone and then leaves. And Wayne is dead at the bottom of the stairs. Grace has now killed two people for a man she hasn't even kissed on the lips. But that's the illness. That's how deep and heavy uh, it can be. HPD. HPD. And look, I know that Grace didn't technically have to wear a wig for this scene, but I sort of wanted her to. I was a little disappointed by that. I thought yeah. she could have, you know. Do you think maybe her intention wasn't to kill Wayne, but then he came no, because she knows Maybe. Wayne knows she's crazy because he texted. Well, she's uh, listen. She's being sloppy now because there was no wig to be found when she killed him. Yeah, she just had her hair in like a low bun, and it's like that's yep. not enough. Not enough. Wayne Savier. Okay, so Robert, since he's seen Wayne called, he goes up to his house, you know, to be like, "What's going on, dog?" Um, <laughs> see what he called about, and he sees him through the window, dead on the ground. Wait! No! 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 Wait! Wait! No! 
Awful. Freaking Aaron and Wayne in what? A week's time? Two Horrible. weeks tops? Everyone in Robert's life is vanishing. <sighs> Grace is stoked. She gets home. She's feel honestly, she's feeling like she just had the best sex of her life. Which makes me be like, are you a serial? Like, are you a psychopath too? Like, right. She like is jacked almost more than she is after hugging Robert. Yeah. Then she looks in the mirror and she does seem upset. Yeah. And she starts, her wheels are spinning in her head. Something's not right. Something happened that is wrong. Mm-hmm. And she realizes she lost a button on the shirt that she bought at the from the Dutch lady yeah. at Wayne's. Yeah. So. She, and let's be, <laughs> let's be clear. She wore her quote unquote engagement yeah. party outfit to kill Wayne. She only wears it to special occasions, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In her Engagement head. parties slash memorial services and to kill your elderly neighbor. Yep. Okay, and then she hears and sees the sirens of cops arriving. Scary. Okay, so we're in the house. The CSI man says... It appears the old man took a header down the stairs. He'd been drinking. On an empty scotch glass in his room. That's it. That's it. Case closed. No, you're dumbasses. No, don't keep closing cases. I know. And and honestly, CSI man, he does not have the authority um, to do that, despite what the show will lead you to believe. Um, uh, the cops in this big city that they, the suburbs of the big city they live in are honestly a little bit lazy. I will say that. Right. That's where they are everywhere. You're right. Um, okay, so we do have a detective that he's like, hmm, you know, he's got that look like something smells fishy. Yeah. So he goes outside, he talks to Robert, um, because yeah. Robert is the one who called it in. And Grace, like when he's like, can I talk to you? Grace kind of like goes up to him and he's like, not you. <laughs> Nobody asked for you, Blondie. <laughs> um, so Robert references Grace at some point when he's talking to them and he's like, yeah, we've had some issues. She's got a stalker. Um, And the detective seems like, hmm, okay, fishy, fishy, fishy. And then he goes back inside and even though the crime scene guy was like, listen, he drank too much scotch and fell down the stairs. He's like, let's hit all the door handles and cabinet knobs to prints. Make sure our man here didn't have any unwanted visitors. Yeah, okay. So he's not satisfied. No. So then Grace and Robert that evening share a shot to Wayne's memory, because as we know, Wayne loved to drink whiskey. And Robert is unraveling. He's truly at a breaking point. Just can't believe any of this. To lose his partner and his best friend in the same week. So then Grace, she's sort of comforting him, but then Grace goes and puts on makeup and she changes. (laughs) Because listen, again, bad, she loves bad news. She loves it. Yeah. She loves when people are unraveling. So Grace goes, she puts on makeup, changes while Robert pours himself another drink. When she comes back out, Robert is passed out on the sofa, seated, Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. means he's terribly exhausted. And she is so pumped about that. She snuggles up right next to him, rests her head on his shoulder, and then cut to the next morning, and they're still asleep. They're still like that. Do you think she slept? Or do you think she just was like taking it all in all night? That. Yeah. I think that. Yeah. Um, so it's the next morning. Robert like jolts awake and then she's like, oh, I'm awake too. Yeah, <laughs> and, totally. And he's like, I got to get out of here. Like mm-hmm. he like definitely is like, ooh, I must have drank too much. I need to. Um, he had some regret. Yeah. And then Grace is like, dinner later? Yeah. Like she knows literally how to, she knows nothing timing. is happening. Yep. 
Uh, do you think so, there's any part of Robert? I know he's deep in grief and mourning for now. Very the love of his God. life and a dear friend. Do you think any part of author brain him is like, I'm going to write a hell of a book after this? Well, no, because the book he wrote was just called The 60s. And so oh, right. I think he's he's interested in books based on fact. Yeah, you know so I mean? it's like he's going to have to switch genre if he wants to capitalize Ex- on this tragedy. Exactly. Which, but I hope he does write a good book about it. He I should. mean, if him and Grace get together, she's going to be like, honey, I think you should switch genre. <laughs> like, De- oh, for sure. Yeah. Or when his agent gets a whiff of what's going on oh, in the yes. suburbs, she's going to go, all right, change the names. We're ready to go. Ready to go. Absolutely. I set the meetings. So then Robert finishes up one of the classes he's teaching and the detective, the one you said, with the raised eyebrow about all this from the night Mm -hmm. before shows up. He says that neighbors say they heard a gunshot and the detectives found a bullet hole and Wayne had gunpowder residue on his hands and they also could not find his cell phone. Listen to this. You know, and in my experience... The only guns and phones that leave the scene of a crime are the ones being carried out, so somebody was in that house. Listen, I'd like to learn more about Gracie Stalker. Yeah, so would I. But I already told you everything I know. Have you talked to the detectives working the case? Yes, I did. But they didn't find any physical evidence, just a lot of incident reports. There's more than reports. I mean, the, the girl was attacked. I understand, I understand. Here's what I'm thinking, though. Maybe Wayne finally found or saw something that made him a liability. Now, from what we gathered, he started looking into her past, right? When she was married, when she was Gracie Winston. (sighs) Really? How much do you know about her? No, she was married, widowed, lost her husband to brain cancer. Cancer? Yeah. Hmm. But he died from a broken neck when he fell off a ladder. Okay. So the detective, he knows something's up with Grace because he's done a little digging yes. and is like, he didn't have a brain tumor. And it's like, you are you don't look into how someone's husband died if you don't think maybe there's something up with them. Yep. So then the detective says Wayne texted Robert because they have his phone records. They've done, they've done some speedy <laughs> detective work. All of a sudden, they're off those chairs and off their asses and like getting into it. Yeah. Her quote-unquote stalker still roaming the streets, though. So he says Wayne texted Robert, but Robert's like, I never got any text from him, shows him. Then the detective shows him the button from Grace's blouse. And Robert's like, hmm, that is weird. Yep. Grace, meanwhile, is at Wayne's furiously searching for her button. She's tearing this place apart. She literally flips an entire giant rug over all at once in like one fell swoop. And this is where I admire her because I admire anyone who I think would absolutely crush it on Supermarket Sweep. And based on those skills, she'd win. Wow, yeah. She would, and she'd be good at like hunting for something buried in sand. Yeah, maybe like a survivor challenge. I will say for the speedy detective work the cops are doing, now I'm disappointed that they have not closed the crime scene because the person who committed the crime is now back at the crime scene searching for (laughs) their evidence. Searching for, furiously searching for a button. But I guess they're like, listen, bitch, we already got the button. So look as hard as you want. Button, button, who's got the button? Weezo. So then Robert checks his phone and it is suspicious because- what Grace did, she deleted all of his text messages yeah, from Wayne. Not smart. N- rookie mistake. Yeah. Um, and so it's like he does know that he did text Wayne. Um, so he goes to see 
a work friend, which I do think is the work friend whose cabin he went to. And like we always have in a Lifetime film, this work friend has tech skills. I love it. And he can retrieve deleted text messages. As most literature professors can. Um, I'll say this next part so you don't get canceled. So Thank Grace you. is cooking and her tits are out. <laughs> like she is now in, she went back to that store and she said, listen, Dutch gal, Everyone in my neighborhood has died. I need my boobies on display. Yes. I'm in my prime. I'm feeling sexy. Yep. So uh, Grace is cooking. Robert shows up and he's very cold. He's standoffish. He's not going to have a drink, which for these winos is a huge deal. We know that's not like Robert. Not at all. So then Grace asks him, hey, will you sign my book? Which is very cute. But then he brings up her ex-husband and the brain tumor. He told me about your husband and how he died of lung cancer. Oh, brain tumor. Brain tumor. Right, sorry. Oh, that's okay. We've both been through a lot in the last month. Yeah. And that was the night when all this weirdness started happening. Before, this was such a nice, quiet neighborhood. And then he has a flashback, and he remembers her button. Honey, he remembers the button. This is not good news, which, by (laughs) the way, because he remembers it from the memorial that she was wearing that shirt. He says he doesn't feel good, but I want to say this. He was only staring at his chest at his partner's memorial service if all he saw, if he could tell about the buttons on her blouse. Okay, in his defense, in his defense, in the flashback, we see that Grace is playing with the button on her top. Robert is no longer canceled. She's having like a tick where it's like, but I do think she's doing that to be like, Peek-a-boo. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So then he goes into Grace's bedroom. Again, he says he's not feeling very well. He gets a text from his work friend who owned the cabin who has retrieved <laughs> Wayne's text. So he came through with the tech. Yeah, quick too. <laughs> quick. And then Robert starts flashing back to everything shady that's happened with Grace. Did you get a good look to be able to give a description? I couldn't tell. I mean, he slipped away too fast. No forced entry, no broken windows, no evidence of any kind that there was someone there. Yeah, people are weird. They get off on strange stuff. It was 50 bucks for 30 messages, man. That was it. Did the detective say anything to you? I just saw that you pointed to me at one point. So Robert leaves the bathroom and says he's really confused. Are you feeling any better? Just confused about everything. A lot of questions. That's understandable. Going to really care about you, Grace. I feel the same. It's been there ever since. Since that moment we met. Outside of the market. Outside that market. Yeah, fate put us there in that moment. It did. I'm so happy you came into my life. I've never met anyone quite like you. I've never known anyone like you either. But if these feelings are real, are true, if we are to be soulmates, and we can't have any lies between us. I haven't. You haven't been truthful with me. I found the message from Wayne you deleted from my phone. I don't want you to hate me. I could never. 
To love is to forgive. And to forgive is to love. And you've done so much to bring us together, haven't you? Yes. I can tell. I'm so appreciative, and I want to show you how appreciative I am. I don't want this time to go to waste. What do you mean? If there's anything anyone could use to keep us apart, then we have to take care of it now, together. I don't want to be apart. I want to be with you. You want to be with me. Of course. Of course. Okay, so his strategy, and I'm always so impressed when Lifetime characters do this. His strategy is basically to be like, I will meet crazy where crazy is. Like, you love me? Guess what, Grace? I love you too. And I'm like, I would never think to do that. I'd be like, you're a nut job. Like, he's almost like upping her crazy at this point. Definitely. He's he's gone so beyond being on her level at this point. Like, we got to clean our trail so we can be together. He starts talking about the buttons on her blouse from the memorial. He says, he lets her in. He goes, the police found one of those buttons and she needs to get rid of that blouse. And she's like, way ahead of you. (laughs) I I buried it in the garbage, which is not way ahead of. He suggests burning it and and that they also need to get rid of Wayne's gun because she has the gun now. He says, listen, getting rid of this, all of this will bond us forever. This secret we now have. And she hugs him, but he's not quick with a hug back. He like can't bring himself to it. And she notices and gets very suspicious and starts thinking, oh my God, he's on to me. We can just tell all of that from her face. So he asks for Wayne's gun and she's like, oh yeah, it's in the vent over there. I hid it, of course. And it's in that vent on the floor. So Robert goes to get it, but he's like, I don't see it in here. I can't quite reach it. And we look up and Grace has a gun and she's pointing it at Robert because Wayne's gun was not in the vent. It was in a drawer in the yeah. kitchen. And and this is a life lesson. Faux crazy cannot out crazy, crazy, crazy. They can't. That's actually, honestly, that is a good lesson. Wow. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, listen, the master, the, te- the a student cannot ultimately become the master when you're dealing yeah. with people like this. Because like when you're HPD, you know all the twists and turns. You do. And it's like Robert's brain, you're not going to go all the twists and turns. It's going to go. He's always only catching up. Yes. Yeah. And it honestly like kind of took him a long time to be like, maybe she's nuts. Um, so Grace now admits to killing Aaron, which he didn't even <laughs> suspect. <laughs> he hadn't even put that part together. That is wild. Yes, totally. He thinks these deaths are completely unrelated. And that's the thing that set all of this in motion. And so now his act is off. You're sick, Grace. Oh, oh you just like my husband. You know, he lost faith in me, too. You know, it should be so simple. You just have to love me. I love Darren. And he's like, put the gun down. But it's like, you've already, like, she's already turned on you. Yeah, definitely. So Grace is like, I did everything for us. Look at all these wonderful things I did for us. I killed Aaron. (laughs) I made up this thing. I killed Wayne. And then she tells him that she wants him to love her and wants him to say it. Just once. Robert, I want to hear you say it. Just once. Just say it. I did not think Robert was going to say it. And I was actually kind of shocked when he did. 
So the phone rings. Robert does say, I love you, because he's forced to. But mm-hmm. I was like, is he going to bring himself to do it? And he did. And then the detective is heard on the voicemail. Miss Fisher, Detective Charles. Robert t- grabs her, knocks the gun away, and then Grace grabs that knife and starts attacking him. He pushes her off, but he grabs the gun. She lunges at him with the knife, but Robert shoots her. I have a question for you. Yeah. Megan. Does he shoot her dead? No, I don't think so. He does yeah. not shoot her dead. And we see that um, because now we cut to Grace handcuffed to a hospital bed. And she keeps saying again to herself. I know he's going to come. He's going to come. Any minute. Any minute. And then the movie ends, the credits come up, and the very first credit is for the financial consultant. No. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I've never seen anything like it. And you know what is so um, interesting, too, is having watched enough of these, um, you, Naomi, and I, this is something we share. We love the, like, cut to three months later, cut to six months later. But in this instance, since Robert is the victim, since we have a male victim, it's like, we actually don't care what he's up to. So true. We get no update. No no update. You're right. We have no we have no dancing of him dancing in the kitchen with nope. the doggy god or nope. anything like that. Or, like, looking at a picture of Aaron saying, like, I'm having a gathering. I'm no, sure. we don't care. We no. don't care. <laughs> we just we just want crazy zoom out of grace losing her mind and like gosh when whenever they're not dead and they're like in the like I think Grace could figure out how to get out of a hospital for sure. Robert needs to change his identity. And by the way, yeah. they should not have a male nurse on that staff helping her out. Right, right. Yeah. And, and Grace honestly should have changed her identity when she killed her husband. Definitely. You're right. Because that's how Wayne was able to be like, no, he didn't have a brain tumor. Yeah. But listen, HPD sort of blinds you. Wow. I think. Um, Okay. So we are the two. No guests this week, which I love. Sure. Um, Which lets us have a little fun. Maybe we play real hero, real villain. Okay. Is there anyone that you feel like, you know, obviously Grace is the villain, Robert's the quote unquote hero. All is right. there any any twist on that? Sure. You think? I think Robert's hunky friend who had the cabin is the one who really showed Robert the light on this one. Mm-hmm. And villain, I would say the therapist at the beginning wow. who was telling, <laughs> who was diagnosing Grace. And didn't ease into it enough because Grace was so thrown off by it that ultimately the therapist is the one who set the rest in motion. Wow. Okay. I'm going to go with real hero Tina just because- You know what? (laughs) You've got my vote. I just want justice for her. And like the thing is, I know we didn't get an update on Robert. I'd love an update on her. Like, I wish Tina had been the one on a friend date, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or even like Robert and Tina hit it off. (laughs) For sure. Okay. Honestly, you've got my vote. I'm Tina for the win. Yeah. Um, And then real villain, even though I think Grace is an excellent villain, I'm going to say real villain is the made up stalker. (laughs) 
because like sure. he really messed things up he along the way. It wasn't smooth. It <laughs> no. wasn't smooth. And we never no. even got like a name for him. Like yeah. that ruse was like went out the window. Like it was, that's the thing. It's like she kept it up and then it was like gone. Ugh. Alternate villain, the bad art friend. Yeah, could be, could be seen she as She might have been snobby. She could be a hero and a villain, you know, that's and that's true. that's what we love in our Lifetime characters. Definitely, definitely. Um, okay, a, a great film from top to bottom. Exciting to be in the big city, you know, yeah. <laughs> just on those streets of I Philadelphia. Love it. I love it. Um, next week, we have another doozy of a title that I cannot wait to watch. This one is called Dying to Marry Him. No longer recognized. <laughs> okay, no. Okay, that is, I have read a lot of log lines. Oh, I can't wait. This is the best three words to enter into one. No longer recognizable. <laughs> Amy returns to her hometown and becomes the wedding planner for her first love with her mind set on getting him back no matter what the cost. So in what way is she not recognizable? I don't know. She must have had a full death becomes her style transformation. Oh my gosh. Now, Naomi and I have watched a film where someone went from like, they did like a weight loss and they are very easily recognizable. <laughs> like when sure. we saw them yeah. before, we were like, you should have known that was him. Yeah. Um. So I'm excited to see. That will be so good. Yes. And she's going to her hometown. Oh my God. I cannot You're wait. You're right. The, the, the words no longer recognizable <laughs> to start a <laughs> log just, line. I also wasn't expecting it. It's you know, so I, I thought it was going to, Amy returns to her hometown. No, no, no. We got to back it up. No Honey, longer recognizable. You Amy wouldn't, you wouldn't know her. it was Amy. Yeah. Uh, a gift. Um, okay. So you can watch this on Lifetime Movie Club. Go to lifetimemovieclub.com slash podcast to sign up if you haven't already. And uh, this is going to be Good good news for the listeners, bad news for Brian. Naomi is going to be back and um I believe I believe with us for what they're calling the foreseeable future. Yeah. Well, you know what, Naomi? You've won again. You've foiled me again. Naomi's I will say, as much as she gets under my skin, she's absolutely brilliant. And the two of you are dynamo. Ugh, you're too kind. I but the it. thing is, I, I, like, listen, you've got a whole week to maybe frame her for something. And you then you're right. And then you get to be here to see <laughs> what the hell happened to Amy's oh, face. <laughs> time to look out a window and talk to myself, figure this out. Because I'm going to miss you. I'm going to miss you. Ugh, Anytime gosh. you need anyone to fill in or fill out a form even, I'm here. <laughs> I will I will forever look back on Mile High Escorts, Kidnapped by a Classmate, and The Perfect Stalker with fond memories and go, you know what? That's a chapter closed, but one that I might reread. If my life ends up being like the movie The Notebook, I hope I'm an elderly person at the end thinking about these three weeks. Wow. Thank yeah. you. I, I hope so, too. Okay, that is all for this week, and we will see you and unrecognizable Amy next week. <laughs> Bye, cuties. I love a Lifetime movie. If you love Lifetime movies as much as we do, tune into Lifetime and LMN to watch all the new and classic movies that we can't get enough of. 
Check your local listings to find out what's airing on Lifetime and LMN because it just might be the movie we talk about next. This podcast would not be possible if it was just Naomi and me, for sure. Absolutely not. (laughs) I Love a Lifetime Movie is produced by Julie Magruder. Our editor and sound mixer is Jonathan Siri. Executive produced by Jesse Katz and Ted Butler. With original music by Blake Maples. And hosted by me, Megan Gailey. I hope you knew it was hosted by me. And me, Brian Safi. Oh, what a nice surprise. I, it feels like we don't even need to say it, but we'll put ourselves in the credits. <laughs> When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.